verses 1 through 9, but I'll read the whole psalm and give a basic uh, thematic overview of it as I seek to exhort us to prayer. The 91st Psalm, hear the word of the Lord. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers and under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right side, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands shall they bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot, because he has set his love upon me. Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Amen. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we assemble together as your people to pray corporately and also to prepare for public worship, would you please prepare our hearts and minds? Would you please help us be able to leave behind the cares of this past week and the worries of tomorrow and help us be able to worship you truly with our whole person, body and soul. For your glory we pray. Please help us and instruct us from this word for the night first psalm. And have mercy on us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm calling this psalm this morning, and our, our meditation for prayer meeting this morning, prayer for divine protection. Or we could put it in the imperative, pray for divine protection. The psalmist here is speaking of all kinds of dangers that the Christian faces dangers by night and day, constant danger, and he's reminding us that the only true refuge we have is in God, and God has provided us this in Christ. And in this psalm, it reminds us that there are many dangers that we should constantly trust God to deliver us from. We should constantly be in prayer, seeking the Lord's deliverance and protection, and also it gives us great confidence to pray that God will hear us. And God will help us as His people. And as he describes this intensity of all kinds of secret enemies and secret weapons that are being launched against Him, it's kind of the picture of an ambush rather than an enemy that meets you on the open field. It's like an ambush or a covert ops 
where even the strongest soldiers are in danger because you never know when or where the enemy is going to strike. That's the image here. And concerning this, I want to read this analogy that John Bunyan laid out in Pilgrim's Progress of what it's like sometimes as Christians when we're aware of the danger on every hand. One step to the left or the right could be our destruction and we're constantly dependent on God. He talks about Christian going through the valley of the shadow of death. And he says, I saw that in my dream so far as this valley reached, there was on the right hand a very deep ditch, that ditch into which the blind have led the blind in all ages and have both there miserably perished. Again, behold, on the left hand, there was a very dangerous quag or quagmire, like, um, like quicksand, into which if even a good man falls, he can find no bottom for his foot to stand on. Into that quagmire, King David once did fall, and had no doubt therein been smothered, had not he that is able plucked him out. The pathway was here also exceeding narrow, and therefore good Christian was the more put to it. For when he sought in the dark to shun the ditch on the one hand, he was ready to tip over into the mire on the other. Also when he sought to escape the mire without great carefulness, he would be ready to fall into this ditch. Thus he went on, and I heard him there sigh bitterly, for besides the dangers mentioned above, the pathway here was so dark that oftentimes when he lifted up his foot to set forward, he knew not where or upon what he should set it next. About the midst of this valley I perceived the mouth of hell to be, and it stood also hard by the wayside. Now, thought Christian, what shall I do, and ever... Anon, the flame and the smoke would come out in such abundance with sparks and hideous noises, things that cared not for Christian sword as did Apollyon before. Basically saying he couldn't meet this enemy in five minutes. It's a secret enemy that you can't see. He says that he was forced to put up his sword and take himself to another weapon called All Prayer. Ephesians 6.18 so he cried in, the, in my hearing, O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Thus he went on a great while, yet still the flames would be reaching toward him. Also he heard doleful voices and rushings to and fro, so that sometimes he thought he should be torn in pieces or trodden down like the mire of the streets. This frightful sight was seen, and these dreadful noises were heard by him for several miles together. And coming to a place where he thought he heard a company of fiends coming to meet him, he stopped and began to muse what he had best to do. Sometimes he had half a thought to go back. Then again, that he might have be halfway through the valley, he remembered also how he had already vanquished many a danger, and that the danger of going back might be much more than to go forward. So he resolved to go on. Yet the fiends seemed to come nearer and nearer, but when they would come even almost at him, he cried out with a most vehement voice, I will walk in the strength of the Lord God. So they gave back and came no further. He's speaking of the Christian experience. When you are aware of the extreme danger that's on every hand around you, and sometimes God pulls back the veil and lets us sense and realize more of that danger and realize more of our constant dependence on God. We can also think of this 
concerning our hour of temptation, or the hour of temptation, the sixth petition, Christ tells us to pray, lead us not into temptation. And though we could face temptation any time, there are especially intense seasons of temptation. And John Owen talks about this, how that temptation comes to a head and it comes, to, uh, comes upon you in full force at a certain time. Paul called it in Ephesians, the evil day. And he warns us that we must withstand in the evil day. This is, this is a day of intense temptation, danger, and spiritual attack on every side for the Christian. And this psalm is describing this. And it reminds us, as all these promises of this psalm belong to Jesus Christ, our Lord, they belong to us who are in Christ. And it reminds us and emboldens us to pray for God's protection against temptation. So we'll open the theme of this psalm in two basic thoughts. First of all, we ought to pray for this divine protection with great urgency. And then secondly, we ought to pray for it with great confidence. So first, pray for divine protection with great urgency. The psalmist has laid out here at least six different dangers. Most of them, as we've seen, are covert or ambush-type dangers where the enemy lies in wait. And he waits for you to get into a vulnerable place where you're, you're alone or you have no defense on your side. And there you are, just like in Vietnam, as I've heard Vietnam War veterans talk about what it was like going through the jungles and any time you could hit a tripwire and it could blow you up. One little misstep, you could fall into a spike pit and die. You could come into a, a, a narrow trail where all the men are lined out in the middle of the jungle and all of a sudden the enemy has an ambush set up and they open machine gun fire and wipe everybody out. There's nowhere to go. You're trapped. This is the vulnerability that is being described here in these at least six different dangers. In verse 3, he calls it the snare of the fowler. Just like the hunter of birds would lay that net on the ground and cover it up with dry leaves so that the bird can't see it. And by the time the bird is caught, that snare encloses around it. It's too late. In verse 3, he calls it a perilous pestilence. Pestilence elsewhere is translated as a mischief or calamity. The enemy trying to do him wrong, trying to ruin him. In verse 5, he calls it the terror by night. Even during his sleep, the enemy has not stopped working. The enemy is plotting ways. And when we're sleeping at night, Satan, our adversary, and the fallen angels are, are plotting. They're still working. They're not sleeping. And they're plotting to destroy us. Verse 5, he calls it the arrow by day or the arrow that flies at noonday. And he's emphasizing here that it's not just at night, it's at day. And this is a constant warfare. And I remind you, dear Christian, this psalm reminds us to think about this, that if God left us to ourselves for one moment... We could not survive our enemy's attack. Think about that, the entire sky full of arrows pointed at you and being shot at you to destroy you. Think about at night 
like a, a, an ancient warrior would sneak into the tent of his opponent and slit his throat in his sleep. This is the picture of what's going on here. There would be nowhere to escape. There would be no way to protect ourselves from temptation. And this is why before we're in Christ, necessarily tempted to sin as if we were trying to live righteously and then we fall into sin, but rather we're under the full domination of sin. And now that we're in Christ, and now that we have a new heart and a new mind, and we're being sanctified, we're being made more into the image of Christ, Satan hates this and he seeks everything he can to destroy us and to attack us and to make us fall to temptation. If we want to see a picture of what it would be like if God withdrew his restraining grace for even a moment, look at our brother, the Apostle Simon Peter, who said that very night, I'll never deny you, Lord. He was there with the Lord Jesus himself. And yet, just a little while later, he's cursing and denying his Lord three times, and he never would have repented. He would have been just like Judas if it were not for the grace of God preserving and keeping him and renewing his repentance and faith. And this would be the same case for all of us. And how many of us could think of name after name of those who once professed Christ, but they've gone back to the world and no longer do they have any fruits of repentance or faith, which evidence is that they never were truly saved in the first place. And yet here we are persevering in repentance and faith. And the only reason is because God is our mighty refuge and He protects us just like the psalmist is telling us. And God has given us great and precious promises, Peter tells us, that we may escape the world through lust or the lust that is in the world. And here are some of these precious promises. So it teaches us to pray not only with great urgency, but also with great confidence. And by the way, I remind you, dear Christians, we ought to pray for ourselves. We ought to pray for others, our brothers and sisters in Christ, that God would keep them from temptation and realize the great dangers that are around us all the time. And we ought to pray especially for our church officers. During wartime, armies all over the world will target officers in the opposing army. They'll, they'll target their enemies' officers because if they can do that, if they can take out the officers, then the other ranks among them will fall into disarray and there will be great confusion. <coughs> So every church officer has, as it were, a target on his back. And he's especially the target of Satan's assaults, although all Christians are also a target. But I encourage you to pray for one another. Pray for yourself and pray for our church officers. And do so here secondly with great confidence. We can have great confidence that although there are many dangers... God protects and delivers us from them all. And we have this confidence because God has given us refuge in Christ. We find this throughout the psalm. In verse 1, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. For all those in Christ, God, who is the Almighty, who is Yahweh, He's called in the psalm, who is God Himself, who is the Most High, these four names of God, all of God's omnipotent strength, all that these names stands for, God is for you and God is your refuge because you are in Christ and you're united to God in Christ. And just like this analogy of a mother bird sheltering her babies, you're under the wing of the Almighty. 
those of you who are saved. God protects you, and in order to touch you, the enemy would have to go through God to get to you, just like an enemy would have to go through that mother bird to get to those babies. Not only has God given you refuge in Christ, and this gives you confidence, He's given you victory in Christ in verses 7 to 13. He speaks of others falling. Thousands and thousands of others falling. And, and this may make you fearful, dear Christian. You see others and you think, I've known stronger Christians than myself and they fell away from temptation. How am I going to make it? But he says here, though a thousand fall by your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. God promises you divine protection in Christ that you will not be dominated by sin. That's why Paul tells us in Romans 6.14 that sin shall not have dominion over you. He tells us in Romans 8.37 that in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. And Paul tells the Romans also that shortly, soon after this, God will tread Satan under your feet. God has given us abundant victory in Christ so that we will not be dominated and controlled by sin. And we are not subject to Satan as our Lord and Master like we were before we were saved. But now, Christ is our Master. God is our refuge. And in this, He gives us great victory. And He's promised us victory over all temptation if we will continue to look to Him. Pray with great confidence, not only because of this refuge in Christ, this victory in Christ, but also God gives you final deliverance in Christ, verses 14 to 16. This is how it's going to turn out for you, dear believer. Because He has set His love upon me, therefore I will deliver Him. I will set Him on high because He has known my name. I remind you that this promise is to the one who loves God and sets his heart on God. And when we hear that, we may lose hope because we realize we have not loved God and set our heart upon Him like we should. None of us ever has. Though we do love Him as believers, as His adopted children, yet can any of us say we've loved Him as we should? But I remind you, Christ, as your head, and you are His body, Christ did and does love God perfectly. And so this promise is to you in Christ. You will sit on high with God. And even now, you're seated in heavenly places with Christ, Paul tells you. And this is a foretaste of your final victory in Him. He says, He shall call upon me and I will answer Him and be with Him in trouble. I will deliver Him and honor Him with long life. I will satisfy Him and show Him my salvation.